0: Welcome to another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast with me, James Roberts, transformational coach, two-time Paralympian, and TEDx speaker. I have another awesome episode for you today, so let's get straight into it. And on today's show, I've got Sam Tejada. Sam opened his first company, Rescue 101, while preparing to become a firefighter and paramedic at only the age of 19. Converging his passions as an emergency medical professional and entrepreneur, he is now the president and founder of Liquid Vida, a successful wellness center offering a variety of health, beauty, and wellness services. So welcome onto the show, Sam. James, pleasure. Thank you. Obviously, we'll we'll start off straight off the bat. Obviously, um, you have got a Latino last name, and you were talking to me off air before we came on. Uh, your family originally in the US, you originally come from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So talk to people about obviously coming from the, the Dominican Republic and going to probably one of the coldest parts of the US.
1: <laughs> you ain't kidding about how cold that thing is over there. And, and a matter of fact, I'm flying out there later on tonight to go visit some friends and family. And um it, it's you know it's already going into October and I was looking at the weather and I was just like oh boy you know coming from Florida up there it, it's gonna be chilly so um, but yeah just to tell you a little bit about my background and where my family originated from I'm the youngest out of four kids uh, family of six total and um, I was born in Dominican Republic and at about a year old. My family decided to, to basically pack everything up and 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 come to the united states um, the The reason we ended up in Wisconsin is my my mother's brother, which is my uncle, he actually came to the United States uh prior to to my family several years prior. He married an American woman my aunt, aunt joyce um and he lived in Wisconsin. Now my uncle, uh, uh my uncle Modesto, he uh he he he's an architect and his wife worked, you know, in his architectural firm. So both, both my parents are actually architects. So um my uncle Modesto is actually the one who actually sponsored us over to come to the United States. And it all just worked out because, you know, my parents eventually wanted to get back into their field as architects. And my, uh, my uncle and his wife, uh, they, they, you know, already kind of laid down a lot of the groundwork, uh, in that, that, that field of architecture. Um, and that's how we ended up in Wisconsin, you know, so it, it was, uh, a little interesting, you know, me as a kid, I didn't know really any different, uh, be, between, you know, the Dominican Republic and Wisconsin because I was a year old. Now my older siblings they did, um, but where, where I did notice the difference is obviously you know I have two parents with heavy accents that I'm growing up. I'm learning Spanish at home, English outside of uh, out of the house. Um, you know obviously I, I appear a bit different as a Latino, um, and, and that that's where I noticed. Hey, I, I am different than everybody else surrounding me. Um, but you know it, it was in no kind of negative way. um i I was welcome you know the 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 midwesterns, people from Wisconsin are really great people. you know, they always have their uh, arms open and they welcome you so it was a a great thing besides the cold <laughs> and and don't get me wrong, man it, we had a lot of fun going snowboarding, sledding, all that good stuff, but uh, once I left there, uh, I only go back to visit. I have no plans of living living back in Wisconsin.
0: So, what was it the fascination for you to to go in probably a totally different direction from both your parents and your uncle to to want to go to join the the fire department and obviously specialize as a paramedic?
1: Yeah, well, the reason why I didn't become an architect is because when my father had his firm, um, he would have me help him out you know and, and i loved the business side of it you know i would shadow my father and i i learned a lot of stuff in business and, and i i i, I it, it, grew, it grew on me where i had this uh strong love for the business side of it now the architect part my father would try to sit me in front of the computer on the autocad at age 14 i was like 13 or 14 and he started having me do a lot of this like blueprints and i was just like no way this is not for me if this, if this is what being a professional and having a career is all about I'm going to work at the supermarket for the rest of my life. You know, so for me, um, that that's what kind of shied me away from that. I was always into helping people. Um, I always liked the whole rescue, emergency medicine, the ER. I was always into that. And at a young age, at age 14, a matter of fact, I, I got certified as a lifeguard. And by age 15, I started working for the public school systems in Milwaukee. So I was a lifeguard for the Milwaukee public schools. They had um, several indoor schools. And then I I, I got another uh, part-time job at the local YMCA. They had a beautiful indoor uh, water park, uh, this YMCA. And I gained a lot of experience where eventually my senior year in high school, I uh, and my parents uh, ended up relocating. Down to Florida, which was a tough move, you know, leaving your senior year in high school, you're ready to graduate, got all your you know, best friends there. So I had to up and leave my senior year in high school. And when I came down to Florida, obviously, I didn't have that many friends down here because I was new. I um, ended up getting a job at another YMCA. And at that YMCA, I became an aquatic supervisor. I was in charge of several lifeguards at, at the age of uh, 17, between 17 and 18. And uh, I also became a swim instructor. So I, I went from being a lifeguard swim instructor, putting in some time there, doing some part-time work with Ocean Rescue. And I just had that, that drive and that love to help people, you know, especially in the time of need. Where uh, Before I graduated high school, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I said, you know, I want to go into the fire service. Where are uh, down here in Florida. It's a little bit different than other places. Uh, the fire department, everyone's duly trained, which they're a firefighter and a paramedic. So I became a firefighter paramedic at age 20 and uh, did about 12 years out on the road. I retired about three years ago. I'm 35 now. I retired at age 32. And uh, the reason I retired is because the business that I have uh, took off. I started the business as a part-time gig on my days off in the fire department. The business took off. And, um you know, now I'm doing Liquivita, which is a wellness center that we're we're expanding nationwide. And the beautiful part about Liquavita is, you know, when I got into the fire department, I wanted a job that was uh, going to continue to be rewarding how the lifeguard job was, which uh, who who would think uh, a a job as a firefighter paramedic is not? rewarding right You're you're helping people in the time of need people love seeing the firefighters you know especially when they call them um but you know the fire department job was rewarding but what's truly rewarding and the most rewarding career i've had to date is the one i'm in right now
0: when you say you're 35 you don't look it though
1: sorry say that again
0: when you say you look you when when i can't even get the words out now when you said you're 35 you don't look it sam you look a lot younger than that
1: yeah oh i i i i i am um, i'm 35 but i feel like i'm 60. <laughs> <laughs> from all the stress and all the work but i i managed it well i appreciate it
0: so give us an idea why the name Liquivita where does it come from
1: so when we started the company myself and my partners um, we were trying to come up with a certain name. And when we started the company, the company actually was founded on vitamin IV therapy, where you give vitamins, minerals, and amino acids directly into the bloodstream. So I was thinking, how can I incorporate exactly what we do into the company name and its logo and then develop a brand based off of that? So so the, the name Liquivita... Uh, when we first started, it, it actually was Liquid Vita spelt with a T versus the D. But unfortunately, I had trouble getting the trademark, so I had to rebrand. And the easiest way to rebrand was just changing one letter, where I changed it. So, so the meaning of Liquid Vita, um, uh, what it what 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 it was founded on was liquid IV vitamins for life. You know, once you get the liquid part in front of it, uh, representing liquid. Then you have the IV that's highlighted uh, in the middle of it, and then you have Vita, which stands for life.
0: And has that been for you? You obviously mentioned stress before. Obviously, I run a business as well, so I can relate to that. Obviously, it's it's stressful at times, but when you see people getting obviously results, it's obviously all worthwhile. If you had to kind of make a comparison this is a difficult question now between the the business you run now the firefighting and the lifeguarding which has been the most satisfying and fulfilling to date
1: um between all three Mm -hmm. the lifeguarding firefighter today uh, most fulfilling uh is the 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 role that i'm in today And, and i'll tell you why Lifeguarding uh, and being a lifeguard as instructor is great, but the difference between being a lifeguard and working at the fire department is when you're a, a, a lifeguard, you're actively looking for the emergency. You got your eyes on the water and you're trying to find someone who's drowning, having a heart attack, some kind of sudden illness, and that requires a lot of attention. You know, and, and one of the things, and I love when I get people who apply for a job for our company that are lifeguards because I know exactly what they've been through. Lifeguards have the most amount of time undisturbed to reflect upon themselves. You know, so, and I know how their thought process works. Um, people that have been a lifeguard for an extended period of time. So that job, you know, it, it was one of those things where, I, I just didn't want to be in that type of role where I'm actively like searching for an emergency. You know, it, it, to me, that that, that was a uh, put like a certain stress on my mind that I didn't really want. But I still wanted to help people. The fire department, you know, I, I got some wonderful saves. You know, I saved people out of car accidents, out of burning buildings, um, all kinds of stuff. You know, hurricanes would come, save people out of, of water, out of canals. One of the things that I noticed is that we would run these 911 calls, transport these patients to the hospital. The doctor would tell these patients, hey, this is what you need to do to live a better life and not end up in the ER, right? We would tell this to these patients. And guess what? Two, three days later, we're back at their house, putting them in the back of the ambulance and taking them to the hospital. Because they just they, they just don't care, these people. They just don't care. So for me, that's not rewarding, you know? So now with Liquavita, the, the business that we have, um, we number one, we don't take insurance. These are people that come to us for health and wellness needs and they pay cash out of pocket, right? So when I tell when we tell people, hey, this is what you need to do to lose weight, hey, this is what you need to do to improve your cardiovascular function. Function. hey this is what you need to do to optimize your health these people actually do it right so, so so when you see them come back 30 60 90 days later and then you go ahead and reevaluate all of the body composition and everything else I mean you see a tremendous transformation not just physically but you see it uh, uh, mentally you see it uh, in their self-esteem and it's just a wonderful thing you know when you have someone who can lose, 70 pounds, they feel like a whole new person. And, and that there, every single day, we help thousands and thousands of, not ten, tens of thousands of people throughout the nation um, on a monthly basis. That there is truly rewarding and actually more rewarding than working at the fire department.
0: That's a good pers- uh, perspective and thanks for sharing like the, the differences between all three roles. And the business model that you you present is quite unique because obviously that's a very sticking point for a lot of things to do around healthcare in the U.S. is, oh, you need to run it by the insurance company first.
1: Right, right. But, you know, a lot of people are going away from that. Even the insurance companies are going away from that typical uh, standard where you have your family doctor. Hey, this is the family doctor for the last 30 years. You know, like they don't even require you to have a primary care physician uh, allocated to your insurance anymore, uh, for the most part. So, you, you know, what people are looking for in, in today's world is more of a proactive approach to medicine. They want prevention versus what we've been so used to, which is reactive medicine. Where what we're doing, it's not even healthcare; it's sick care, right? What what, what we're doing in the medical field for years is we're we're treating patients at the point of time that they're already sick and most of the time when they're already sick there, there's not much you can do but manage the symptoms you know for us i want to target the root cause of the issue and prevent it from becoming that chronic illness
0: but that's changing people's psychology as well along the way because that's going to take take some time to to reshape uh, a person's belief in some extent because obviously if you were talking about the the primary doctor being potentially the doctor of your parents before that you're going to follow his advice no not to the, almost to the letter but obviously to a certain extent religiously because he's looked after a family member prior and obviously they've been okay to a certain extent obviously there's no there's no 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 uh, there's no person that's going to go without illness throughout their life to some extent obviously right. they're going to be the rare, rarer cases whereas they can no, swear, you- swear by holistic things that I've, I've done it but obviously they've probably done certain things that maybe in the centre ground would probably be viewed as very unusual, very, um, I'm trying to think of the exact word I want to use, not very mainstream. And obviously th- things, obviously meditation, mindfulness is bigger than ever. Um, whereas you've only got to go back probably a decade and a decade and a half. And it's very, even Even my way of thinking is, no, 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 no way that that can work. And obviously the right. proof's in the pudding. It, it, it If you're willing to put in the high graft and to do it a lot, you will see the results.
1: Absolutely. I I agree with you a hundred percent. And when we actually first launched the business, most of our marketing that we did, or actually all of the marketing that we did is educational marketing. So there is that mental shift that we have to do. There's that psychological component that you mentioned that, you, you have to get people to really understand it, educate them, and then show them the data. And, and you know, we don't just say, hey, join us." Like, we, we actually have the data to support it. We always get baselines. We do a comprehensive blood analysis. It's not like your typical doctor, but it's only three pages long. Our blood work that we do is anywhere between 15 to 25 pages long. We're looking at everything from micronutrients, deficiencies, hormones, autoimmune issues, toxins you can be exposed to through environment and foods. So when we get that baseline and also the baseline on a few other diagnostics like body composition, endothelial test, VO2 max, we can actually trend it once they get on the program and actually show them, not just tell them, we can actually show them the progress they're making, right? Because there's a lot of things uh, when it comes to your blood work and diagnostics that you don't, it's not like some kind of instant gratification that you feel immediately. Yes, people are going to feel better. They're going to have a better quality of life. But when you could actually trend it and show them that they're uh, basically changing on, on that on all of these diagnostics that we do on them, they see it and they love it. And, and at that point, they're they're on the hook. Now, our our business, our industry, one of the things that you'll hear a lot of people in the industry say is that the type of medicine that we practice is what we call lifestyle medicine. And exactly how you are saying earlier, it, 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 it's that a psychological component is we are creating, we don't create just like programs where you sign up 30 days and, and, and then, you know, you lose a little bit of weight and then now you're on your own. We create a lifestyle. And the only way that this stuff works is, is by people actually uh, implementing a lifestyle change.
0: Well, it's, it's that's where I think things... People need to take notice is obviously I'm gonna throw them under a bus for once. Slimming World, Weight Watchers, it's not a lifestyle because that person ahead of your particular group in, in common, it obviously is going to work for some people, so I'm not going to say it doesn't. But that person isn't educated to do around the, the change that need to come into place from a behavioral standpoint and a lifestyle standpoint because it's actually one of my clients that did it, so I need to actually share this uh they'd done weight Watchers and they used an example of if somebody loses four kilo which is about we'll say eight roughly eight pound but it's a little bit more and she said if she loses less than a kilo she gets a round of applause which she thinks is stupid because it's like they've done the exact same plan or protocol but not got the same results. So why would you applaud somebody? for something that isn't as well to be achieved obviously it's still a result but obviously in their eyes and their mind it's not because it's three pounds less but if you don't have the psychology and all the things to go with it to kind of go reassure the person that hey what what exactly is at the root cause of you demonizing your own success in a way whereas i think obviously education that you've got to make people aware of these diets necessarily don't want you to succeed anyway in the first place they want you to relapse and and, and yeah. come back to the, <laughs> to the starting point and, and it's a harsh truth but it's a reality and it's going to take more and more people within the health industry to call it out to kind of go well this is unacceptable because okay it's an industry that's built on not success is built on failure and obviously that's not right ethically and morally to to want somebody to under the surface your motive is for them to relapse start again pay a little bit more for for the for the process and you know by not educating them properly they're going to relapse again and again and again and ultimately for that individual there's going to come a point in time where it's failure is enough is enough. And they're going to say, well, what's the point of and di- even trying?
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, that, that is the difference that you see between Western and Eastern medicine. Like how, how you said earlier, it's like they're dependent on people's failures for their business to survive. So, so what I said earlier, uh, it's, it's really what we have is sick care versus health care you know, our goal is to put the word health back into healthcare, right? And when you look at Eastern and Western medicine, like here in the United States, uh, historically, and, and there is a huge shift that's happening. A, a lot of these conventional doctors are shifting over to, to more prevention, but uh, it, it's always been reactive medicine. We waited until, we waited until someone's sick and we just give them a little medication that stabilizes, you know, some of the symptoms or whatever, but it doesn't fix the root cause. When, when you look at, Somewhere like, uh, in, in Asia, you know, more of the Eastern medicine, those doctors there actually get paid to keep you healthy versus over here, they get paid to try to get you better once you're sick. So, so that, that is the shift that we, we are seeing. And, and it's a great thing that, that's happening. But, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit tough because you're dealing with, uh, these, uh, some of these multi-billion dollar big pharma companies and stuff that, you know, they have a lot of power, they have a lot of political power, and uh, some of them don't necessarily uh, want the agenda that we have um, to help people.
0: Well, that's the tough thing, but I think, well, COVID to a certain extent has proven that with, obviously, the vaccination to some extent, obviously. Uh, When you look at the, what's being presented in the public now as like the efficacy and I'm talking like a bit now, but with me having a degree in science, and I see that number, it's horrific. In theory, okay. it should have never gone to to the to to the public when I think what was it? it was it less than five percent that it would actually work, which is bad is, is terrible. But obviously, a lot of the science were predicated on well misinformation to a certain extent that now we know now, but. 85% still not perfect but it was better than nothing but now we know it might have been better of not to have it at all and you might have not, may or, may or not may or not may have not got sick but obviously you don't want to play russian roulette with your own life right, right. um but coming back to your point of being proactive i think it, it's it's almost in every aspect of western society of I'm gonna wait until I hit rock bottom before I do something about a, a particular situation, circumstance, or problem. Whereas, you're thinking, "Well, that doesn't make no right. That doesn't make logical sense to wait to hit to to for to the worst outcome, and then you do something about it." So it's almost like it's predicated on uh, learned behavior of like well, let's re re reproduce stuff that's gone before us. Whereas, like, well. If you see that you've got the awareness of a problem, why wouldn't you want to sort it in the here and now versus three months down the line, six months down the line, years down the line, and then you're obviously bottom of the uh, metaphor of the of the of the black hole, and then you do something about it. It's like, well, that's okay for some people. It might take that extreme, but why wouldn't you want to do with it, deal with it when it's maybe something very minuscule?
1: I agree with that. And that's where education comes in. You know, a lot of people, they just don't know. And, and it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, and that's where education goes and, and take a play. Now for us, on a business standpoint, the people that do have that, that catastrophic event or, you know, they have to get transported to a hospital because, you know, they had some kind of clumped artery or whatever, you know, that that's that awakening moment you know for for me i love those people because at that point those those people really had that that big slap over the head that tells them hey it's time to make a change if not the result is you're going to be dead right and those people at that point those are the ones that actually dive deep into the lifestyle change that we offer now the other ones th- th- these are the ones that i uh, i i i to work on are the people that uh, uh, slowly want to go ahead and make that lifestyle change, not because they had a catastrophic event um, that that, that uh, potentially occurred in their life, but because they, they're being educated through a lot of the material. I mean, something like this podcast, people getting educated and then making that health and wellness shift um, to ha- to live that better lifestyle.
0: But I think I think obviously, if you only look at health and the health and wellness industry, it's hijacked the word diet. If you look in the dictionary, it doesn't mean <laughs> to do what 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 people are doing. Uh, if it's to follow magazines, to follow what's on the internet, Facebook ads, uh, ads in well Instagram, you know, you name it. In terms of that, is not a diet. Of uh, my family won't use the word in that way. As a, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to um, meander to that and, and to, 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 I'm going to use... So I, in my business, I don't use the word diet or I will I only use it for marketing purposes because that's the language that other people are going to use. For me and my background is, is nutrition because it was to fuel myself from an athletic point of view is, is almost view myself as a high performance a, a car. As in, you're not going to put the wrong sort of oil, you're not going to put the wrong gas or fuel in in that car because obviously it's going to break down and I treat my body almost the same way in terms of I want it to be or definitely in the past it was a high performance thing so I'm going to treat it that way Uh, so I won't use the the technical definition of fad uh, as a diet because I don't believe in the, the word being hijacked in the first place when I think it's a Greek word to, like, as in, it is your lifestyle. So it needs to probably go back to that, well not gradually, like drastically, to what you read in a dictionary. And obviously, uh, I've got two of them in my eye line, they're big big bad boy, big bad things, uh, they're that old. But I think people need to almost push back against an in industry and kinda of go, Well, no, we don't want this to be viewed as this because it's not a lifestyle. And okay, for people that have come to you and I have probably tried everything under the sun to get a result. So it's right. like, well, technically that's not a diet because you're jumping from one ship to the next and obviously it's not working. So it's almost like re educating them as hey. It's a, it's a case of discipline, consistency, structure, and sticking with something that you believe you can do for the rest of your life. So if that is keto, which is very would be very, very hard to do, I definitely couldn't do it for the rest of my life. <laughs> and that's being honest. If that's for you, and you can stick it out for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years into the future, that's your lifestyle. If, if that's not for everybody, hey, you shouldn't jump on that bag in the first place.
1: Right, right, right. I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head on that one. It, it, it is, this, discipline is, I, I would say it's the number one thing. I mean, and, and if, for, for, for you to see success really in anything in life, as a business owner, to, to uh, take control of your health, uh, anything that you're doing, you're studying, you know, to become a doctor or an attorney, if you don't have discipline... It's never going to happen. You know, you're going to learn bits and pieces here, but discipline is key. And and I remember being a young, you know, being very young. I was like 12 years old or something like that. And I saw I was watching the documentary, and it was a guy in the military that's talking about about the importance of starting certain discipline and certain routines on a daily basis is what's going to develop an individual. To, to be able to succeed in, in certain things in life. And, and uh, he talked about, start off by just making your bed every single morning. Every single morning, make your bed. And at that point, you'll start seeing yourself become more disciplined in certain things. And you know, when, when you talk about health and wellness and lifestyle, like some of the things that we tell our, our, our clients, our patients, is it, it doesn't mean you have to go, when you're trying to be healthy, it doesn't mean you have to go, to the gym every single day, right? You got to do things that are going to benefit your health and wellness. So, so like me, I I started making a certain shift. You, you know, once once I was getting past my twenties, I said, well, on the weekends, a lot of my friends are going out to the bars, hanging out, you know, drinking and partying, and I said, well, this is fun, but this is not. This is going have a good end result if I keep on doing this. I mean, I'm gonna end up having liver failure, gain a lot of weight, you know, this is just not good. So instead of uh, doing those kind of things for fun, I decided, well, on my weekend, let me go out kayaking, let me go out uh, bike bike riding for an hour and a half, you know, out in nature. Yeah, you know, these things are to me extremely fun, but it has a health and wellness component to it that that actually feeds in you know, positivity into your life and and gets you, you know, that result that you're looking for. So even now when I book vacations, I book vacations around things that are going to be uh, healthy, you know, uh, healthy for the mind, healthy for my physical self and, and, you know, uh, look for things that are going to help me learn and and grow into someone better than who I am today.
0: Were you ostracized or kind of, shunned in those early days a bit like a black sheep in your 20s for doing that say that again were you ostracized uh and almost demonized and almost like put as a black sheep back in the in the when you were in your early 20s to do something that obviously your your friends are going out to the nightclubs and going out drinking and you're going to do the complete opposite
1: yeah you, you know i i'm i i'm pretty um Lick about the way I am when I respond or, oh, you're not drinking, you know, you're out and about. Says, oh, come on, have one drink. You know, I, I, I would use things to make them feel uncomfortable because I'm like, man, what? why am I out, out here trying to be healthy if me, I'm the one feeling uncomfortable. Like, you know what? No, I'm going to flip the script. So what what would I do in that case like if I'm if I'm not drinking? I, it, especially if I didn't know the person or something and, oh, come on, have a shot or something. You know what I tell them? I said, oh, I have a drinking problem and I don't want to relapse, right? Oh, at that point, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, you know, so I, I would flip the script, make them feel bad, you know, to try to shove a drink down my throat, you know, making them think that I'm going to relapse, you know, into alcohol. So I I, uh, I played that one in a certain way that, that you know, kind of flipped the script on that.
0: It's a little bit dishonest, though.
1: Uh, it's a little bit dishonest, but hey, stop trying to shove a drink down
0: my throat. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes people got to learn the hard way. But what what do you think? And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pause that one for a second, and I'm gonna ask. Th- this is I don't know if it's true or not. You might have to tell me this, Sam. Uh, I saw a video on TikTok of there's more McDonald's restaurants in the U.S. than there's hospitals. Is that is that true?
1: There's more McDonald's in in, in 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 inside of hospitals.
0: No, no. As in, are there more more McDonald's restaurants in the U.S. than there is hospitals?
1: Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, but
0: I think when people when people hear me say that, they should be horror. They start, you you want to hear You want to hear it?
1: You want to hear the crazier thing about that about the McDonald's? One of I live in Fort Lauderdale here in South Florida. One of our biggest hospitals, it's called Broward General Hospital. Broward, it's part of Broward Health Health Systems. It's the uh, level one trauma center. It's a teaching hospital where they have all the residents. If that hospital, you walk down to the food court. The biggest sign inside of the food court of this hospital is a McDonald's. There's a McDonald's oh inside. <laughs>
0: that's that's, <laughs> that, inside that, of the hospital. that's that's horrific and the people should kind of go well that's that's so that's so because i because obviously when i saw it about there was, there was more burger joints than there were hospitals i'm thinking well okay you can now put really you can really see why the U- the us has got a problem with diabetes and all sorts of things as if a, a food chain is outnumbering something that's supposed to be there in your time of need you've got a serious problem.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I, I can't put two and two together on why there's a McDonald's in the hospital. You know, if I had a guest, they just try to get more customers, right? To be well, inside of the, <laughs> the The U.S.
0: healthcare system is technically a business anyway. So it's, right. it's not... Uh, it's, it, it, it's viewed in the UK probably not Europe as a whole as it is all about making money and obviously if you don't have insurance you're not going to be you're going to be left in the street and people are obviously unanimously against it probably 60 40 at least in this country as they don't want it to be imposed in, in this country where we've got public health care but there's certain aspects of it that do work in terms of, some people won't like me hear saying that, but there's aspects that Obamacare probably wanted to take from the UK and put into the US healthcare. And, and you're fighting a battle with big pharma, big tech, because they don't want things to be easily accessible for everybody. And obviously there's a lot of money that's pumped into manufacturing of, of, of I'll, call, I'll call them products that they have to be able to get recuperate obviously they probably make that and probably and some in, in, in profit margins so uh, there I would probably squash their argument but when you mention obviously McDonald's being in a in a in a hospital itself people should kind of go oh, hang on a second if I'm going to hospital I want to get better, not be stuck and having uh, my diabetes get worse, my blood pressure get worse, my cardiovascular aspects get get things. It's not, it's been proven now with, you know, that documentaries on, uh, I think the person only ate McDonald's for a month and he got really sick because he's missing out on minerals and vitamins. Yes, you're going to get carbohydrates. You're going to get your macronutrients, but it's probably not the best place to go to, to to dine out on in terms of just the fats alone. So I think the more people that can get educated, it's difficult. I, you and I could probably appreciate that. If we were to do a Google search today and we put on how do I get healthy, I don't know what, I, I probably I wouldn't want to guess how many results I get, but probably in the billions. In terms of, so it is very difficult to pick because obviously you could probably go any in which way, but that's probably where the confusion is because it's like, well, I've got so many things to choose from, and I'll probably use myself because it's a good example. happened to be, I went to Nando's last night. So it's a chicken, chicken store in the UK. And the menu is that big in terms of it's like, oh, I don't know what to pick. So obviously when it comes to health and fitness, it's probably hundred times worse than that. And the the idea that I'm trying to showcase is if I'm struggling to pick one item off the menu to have to eat and you're trying to get health conscious and you don't know which way to turn because you've tried this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, how is this next thing going to be any different from the things that i've tried in in the past but i think if we can get that shift from the 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 diet to 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 becoming a lifestyle and it becomes all encompassing of your whole life your your whole being of your whole identity changes uh the better so it's it's not easily done because we're talking about changing uh, people's behavior when it comes to eating to potentially how they eat if, if it's the the resistance to not eating at home uh, is it childhood trauma there's all sorts of things underneath the surface when it comes to this thing and it's making that shift to people might assume that you and I have been healthy all our lives i i haven't i haven't um my mother went on a finer diet 25 years ago and that became my lifestyle at 10 years old and i'm i'm 36 now so everything that i do now is almost automatic drinking water it's not okay i might want the occasional soda but it wouldn't be my beverage of choice but that has taken. Two, two, two and a half decades to to implement, but it was a choice with a family member to make a change as they weren't comfortable with where they're at, and I'm going to do this. Ultimately, be their their last diet, and they don't we don't view things that way as a family at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that, and you know, as a child, you don't know anything differently. I mean, you know, us as human, we learn and. and truthfully, we learned it from the people that are closest to us, like our parents. And that's one thing that, same thing here, I I started recognizing that the delicious Dominican food that my mom would cook, you know, it it was, really, it was poor people food. You know, we we came from a a third world country, and uh, the food that you eat in a third world country is the most readily available food on planet Earth. You know, so when you're looking at rice, beans, uh, uh ch- chicken legs and chicken thighs. You know, what we're mostly eating are, are the things that are the cheapest in the supermarket because that's what, that's the only thing that we can afford. So as I started getting older and educated on what are the healthy things to eat, well, let me eat a, a bowl of quinoa versus rice. You know, let me eat uh, a measured amount of rice, of brown rice versus eating this whole big bowl of rice. You know, with a little bit of protein, which is then it's, you know, the fattiest dark meat. It's not the healthiest, like the chicken breast. So, so those are things that I started learning. And, and I started, to, you know, as I started getting all this, is, man, this whole time as a kid, we're being fed all of this stuff just because we, we have to survive pretty much, you know, and. and I give it to companies like uh, Chipotle. I don't know if you guys have Chipotle in the UK. I know,
0: I know of Chipotle, though. But,
1: but, you know, Chipotle, they took the most readily available food on planet Earth, right? That you go to any third world country and that's what they eat. And they capitalized on it and, and, and made this multi-billion dollar company. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 um, I I've experienced the exact same thing that we were talking about. And uh, truthfully, there is a huge here in the U.S., there's a huge shift in the last 10 years that um, even a lot of these fast food restaurants, you're starting to see that they're changing their menu um, or they're adding an additional menu to have more of these healthier options. I mean, just the other day, I got an email from uh, a random email. I don't even know how they got my email account, but from Papa John's, you know, the pizza so Papa John's Pizza now they have these pizza bowls where basically it's the pizza but without the crust, you know, and it's the healthy option where now you're not eating all these carbs, you're just eating basically the toppings and the sauce. So it's it's interesting seeing a lot of these uh, fast food places. Making... That sounds
0: weird. Yeah. <laughs> eating the topping of a pizza, it, it it defeats the 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 object of having a pizza.
1: Right, right. So, <laughs> listen, um, I haven't had one yet, so I can't comment about what, what it tastes like. But maybe one day I'm just going to take that leap and be like, "Hey, let's try this out and see what it's
0: all." Well, out. a lot of the, the burger joints did it when, um, gosh, we were talking about probably five, five, six That's true. years ago with Atkins uh, and right. Burger King, and I'm assuming the bunless uh, burgers, taking, taking taking away the bun and. Uh, uh, it sprung to mind because I remember it while I was speaking to a client this week. Cause he was like, Oh, I can't not go. I can't go to a restaurant and be, these are my words, not his, be a burden and be very, um, what's the word inconvenient to the server. It's like, what's their job? The whole industry of food is hospitality. Their That's job is true. to make your life easier. That's why you've gone out in the first place. So I said, well, because because his daughter was is, is very much like i'm describing she would i want this 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 out and can i replace it the other the answer you're gonna get is maybe yes or no and that's it right that's right it. it's no we can't do it okay i'm gonna have maybe something else on the menu and if you keep answering no we're gonna take our business somewhere else
1: that's exactly. And listen, that, that's how I am. Uh, I, I grew up not eating at restaurants because we really couldn't afford it. Um, I eat at restaurants frequently now. And my thought process on that is the number one restaurants ain't cheap, especially here in South Florida. I worked very, very hard for every penny that I earn. And when I go to another business to give them my money, Right. What for, for a meal that if I cooked it myself could be tr- uh, significantly less. If I want to make certain switches that are going to be uh, beneficial to my health, my expectation is for that restaurant to, to make those changes. Um, exactly how you said it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're in the business of hospitality. They should be catering, catering to the actual consumer. So. And I don't think it's over the top to, you know, ask for something. Hey, can you put no salt on this or no butter on this? You, you know, I, I think it's appropriate for people to, you know, ask for things that are going to benefit their health.
0: I think the only difficulty when it comes to that is maybe something that's, this isn't, this is giving the restaurant an excuse now. Uh, I think it's KF's, Kentucky Fried Chicken is, that their stuff has come pre-marinated to, to the store. Right, that right. that's something they couldn't change because it's done somewhere else. So, uh, and I only really know that because I was watching um did a, a a program on in the UK about replicating, and uh, they got like professional Michelin star chefs to try and duplicate their process. So it was uh, to do with KFC, Domino's, and I've, and try and um what's the word I want to use outsmart the the ceos and the the product testers to see, see if it, their their thing is better or if not as close uh, and obviously that's with with the marinade with the chicken it's already come from the from the uh, distribution center already done so that one you're going to struggle but it's probably something you could probably ask as in terms of is there some way that we can have the this the the marinade on the side or the sauce on the side, right. and I dictate how much goes on to the the chicken or the beef, or whatever meat or 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 meat alternative for the vegans. So then I can dictate how many calories I'm consuming, how much salt, how much right. etc. That that and and the one that obviously alarmed me yesterday was the the sauce on. It's a bit like chi- probably our version of chipotle, but as in the hot sauce was the most calorific, which doesn't make no sense. <laughs> as opposed to the the lighter the so the, the the not the lighter the sauce, uh the the less spiciness there was less calories, which I'm kind of going well okay. Well, what else is in the sauce then, other than chilies yeah. and and things like that? That that's making the calorie. G- I think it was like double. Wow. But I but that's probably my brain still in business mode as in okay well why why is that but i i i i probably couldn't tolerate very very spicy anyway uh, i I mean i think
1: i would burn the calories just from sweating so (laughs) i'm not a big fan of eating heavily spiced food um where where it becomes uncomfortable you know so
0: i think people some people it's normally it's, it's it's a company with alcohol and it's some sort of generally speaking it's males so it's ego <laughs> involved to, to let me eat the hottest thing that is on on the menu normally it'd probably be something indian but whereas me it's like well if i want so i want spice it's it's got to be nice as well and it's 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 it's, it's, it's an enjoyable experience not Right. Uh, where right. is the milk? Where is the water? Because this thing is setting <laughs> yeah, my no, mouth on fire. My eyes are yeah. watering. Yeah, that's not
1: fun whatsoever at all. So. Uh, a, a little hint of it, you know, uh, where it's mild or, or medium or mild is really the way I go. But um, yeah, when it gets uncomfortable, I'm not eating it.
0: Well, I think at the end of the day, I think people are into it, the food food is an experience uh, to be enjoyed that's why you you technically well it's still tell it's still a trend that's why instagram you saw people's pictures of food on on, on it for, for so long cuz people were, were showcasing what they were eating if if somebody were in the health industry to do that now it's like well i don't care what you're eating how's that going to benefit me right uh, well, that's that's consuming the 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 content so it's almost and this is having to dig more at personal trainers because probably some people do do it as well we you and i and those people included have made a decisive change in lifestyle or we've never been big ourselves in entire life so to kind of preach to somebody that may be a bit lost oh this is what i eat but how does that help me? Because I don't know how to portion control. I don't know what the right food is to eat in the first place, and you're just making me feel bad. Well, yeah. Which would send them in the other direction.
1: I agree with that.
0: So we're going to backtrack slightly, Sam, because you mentioned, obviously, uh, quite some time ago about the the doctors doing only a three-page document when they do blood work. What do, generally speaking, they they look out for, other than diabetes and things like that?
1: Yeah, typically they they run a test uh, called the CBC, which is the Complete Blood Count, and then they also run the CMP, which is your comprehensive metabolic panel that's looking at um, your your liver function, kidney function, They look at your uh, hemoglobin A1C uh, to see if you have diabetes, uh, your cholesterol, total and free. Yeah, basic stuff, Um, stuff that doesn't really give you too much of a true uh, bird's eye view of of the patient's health, you know, versus what we're doing where it's 15 to 25 pages long. You know, we're diving deeper than just checking cholesterol. We're looking at um, not just your total cholesterol, we're looking at your HDLs, LDL levels, and then we go even further, uh, deeper into it, doing our cardiac IQ test, where we're looking at your lipid protein particles, the different patterns uh, of of those uh, cells, and, and we're even looking at what you're genetically predisposed to um, based off of your genetics and that's what's important because then at that point we can actually customize nutritional plans exercise plans that are going to benefit you long term and prevent you from uh actually going into having these chronic illnesses and diseases so um as you may might already know you know your body functions off of uh certain nutrients vitamins minerals and amino acids a lot of the times your general practitioners they don't even check to see if you have an appropriate amount of those micronutrients in your body, what your body needs for it to function uh, neurologically, uh, your cardiovascular system, it, it needs these nutrients. Um, we, we go deep into checking these vitamins, minerals, amino acids, the different fatty acids inside of your body to make sure you're within your optimal levels. And if you're not, that's where we start customizing your treatment regimen that, that will include some of those supplementations, which we do um, intravenously, sometimes intramuscular. And then for, for some patients, there's some some of the nutrients that we offer that are oral, uh, you know, consumed orally by mouth.
0: Why, why do you – well, I obviously know the answer, but in terms of why why do you think people still – I'm not going to use the word trust. Why do you think they resort to the general practitioner or the doctor to give them nutritional advice when, generally speaking, they don't spend that long in their residency learning about nutrition compared to other things?
1: Yeah, um, I would say people try to go to that general practitioner to get those answers because they feel confident uh, more on their scientific background as as a medical doctor. Um, you, you know, the, the, what, what, what you have to do is, is gauge where that scientific background, that, that expertise and that scientific background, where is it in? You know, I'm not going to go see a foot doctor if I have heart problems. You know, so there are medical doctors out there that have a very strong scientific background in nutrition, you know, that understand, you know, your, your whole body's, uh, bio and and how it functions so and and that's where you have to do some research now us as liquid um you know we don't promote the individual practitioner that works at our locations or doctors because we want everybody to know that this is what liquid stands for this is who we are so regardless if you see uh dr smith in ohio or, or dr you know peter down in florida you're gonna get the equal uh, type of care when it comes to nutrition and uh, hormone optimization, medical weight loss. You know, all of our team members are highly educated in, in what we offer.
0: And obviously, you mentioned lipids. Obviously, I know what that is. So be it fats for everybody else. Why, why do you think that people kind of jump from one thing to the other, be it, you know, carbs are bad, you know, demonising these things. Carbs are bad. Fats are bad. Obviously protein little bit gets some of gets it a little bit, but not as to to to, to the greater deal of the other two. And my both my parents were in the military, so I grew up with, with an advertisement talking about HDL and LDL. And I probably could be able to say that Verbatim to you back because it was almost every single day from the age of I don't know what, how old I was until we till I left at 18 19 years old to the point that I know the definition uh, of the two but most people wouldn't be able to differentiate between you know saturated fat and saturated fat and trans, trans fat that you and I know that obviously that's the big bad that's the, the one you need to avoid uh, like the plague. Why do you think people look at the simplicity of it, of just going, well, the carb is the culprit. Let me cut that out. Oh, fat is the culprit. Let me cut this out. I'm not having a greater understanding of how it works altogether. Right. Because you mentioned macronutrients. If you haven't got fat, you can't absorb A, D, E, and K, and K properly.
1: Right. You- and that, that, those are your fat-soluble vitamins, you know, and the, there's a reason why we don't give those type of vitamins intravenously you can't get give fat soluble vitamins intravenously those we would have to do intramuscular because we're, we're literally injecting an oil into the body um you know that that's your fat soluble vitamin but um yeah that that that's where education goes into play and for 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 us at Liquor Vita, we take a significant pride in, in educating people in this stuff, Re- regardless if they participate in one of our programs or not, you know, our goal is to put as much content to educate people because even if they're going to go ahead and try to do a lot of our programs themselves, at least we're making a difference. And how I said it from, from the beginning of, of us talking here is m- my goal in business or so my, my, my whole, when I look at success in this business is being able to help as many people as possible help them all this life
0: what's that ripple effect in terms of you don't actually see the 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 manifestation of your work cuz it could be x times the amount of people cuz you help one they help one that becomes right. 10 that becomes 100 1000 10000 and obviously up up and up we go but we'll never see probably beyond the th- the tens of thousands because we don't have knowledge of those people even existing. I agree. So we're coming to the close of the episode, Sam. So if you are to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, well, what would that be?
1: Health is wealth. Without
0: it, you don't have any wealth. So, Sam, once again, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast.
1: I appreciate it. James, It's a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Take care.
0: Thanks again for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and got loads from it. Anything that was included and discussed will be available in the show notes below. And I would love to hear from you. Come and connect and ask your questions. I've been James Roberts from jamesowenroberts.com. Remember this quote by Chris Hoth. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute, not by some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete.